0: This is Show Me Today. Large groups of same species trees that rest in our parks and neighborhoods could be in danger from diseases, pests. They target these susceptible groups to capitalize on as many trees as possible. Robert Whitman is a landscape architect, and he's here with Cameron Connor to discuss the devastation that this can cause and ways to help prevent it. There's been research that has started to come out that too much Uniform can actually be a bad thing for trees. However, so many people out there are so used to going to a park or going through a neighborhood and seeing that uniform, aesthetically pleasing look on how they like things, whether it's symmetrical, similar, all shaved, perfect. What is the traditional method on how neighborhoods and parks have traditionally put trees together like this?
1: Great question. It's it, Traditionally, the goal has been all about uh, clarity in the aesthetics. And so traditionally we've designed our neighborhoods with one type of tree. Part of that is just simplicity, right? You got a contractor going out. He's, yeah, he grabs a hundred uh, trees and, and just puts them all on the ground in whatever arrangement that has been designed. But if it's all one tree, that's simple. And, um, that looks nice. The challenge with that has been as we've had, uh, Examples like emerald ash borer that has come in and wiped out, is wiping out all of our ash. And historically, we also had the same issue with elms. And we did it at a big scale 100 years ago, planting American elms everywhere because it was a fabulous tree, really durable and easy to plant and easy to to maintain over the long haul. But then Dutch elm disease came and wiped out all of the trees in our cities. I mean, we had 80% plus American elms in our cities that just got wiped out. You'd think we would have learned then, but we didn't. We've uh, continued to plant a lot of ash uh, over the last 50 years that are dying now. And I recognize that red maple in um, a good part of our state has been over, way, way over planted. And that's been the next rage of, of the challenge. No major diseases or insects for the red maple yet, but we need to learn from our mistakes and, and diversify our um, our communities and our parks and developments so that uh, if that big event does come, we haven't
0: uh, put all our eggs in that one basket. Okay, perfect. And I'd love to piggyback off of what you were just mentioning and you, you mentioned disease and pests, and that was going to be my next question is what what is the main thing that's attacking? these large, uniform trees? Are we mainly talking about pests that are taking them over, disease? Is it a mix of both? What, what about that?
1: Yeah, we end up with both. It ends up uh, we have insects in some cases, and ash being the, the obvious one right now, Or this emerald ash borer has come from China. Uh, via mistakes, they believe it came from pallet wood, it landed in Detroit, and then expanded from there over the last 20 years. And... That insect is impacting ash trees very specifically. That's its preference. It has different conditions in its native environment. So it's, it has predators and, um, the conditions in that part of the world, uh, are different. Our ash trees are not acclimated to this insect and literally this insect has a free-for-all on all of our ash trees and it's and it's wiping out any ash tree that's not being treated by an arborist or uh, um, just uh, an insecticide basically that would treat that tree. Other trees, uh, there are pines that are affected by uh, funguses and other blights, um, the, the challenge is we don't know what's next. And um, there are many different species that are being affected by something, and we just don't know what's going to be our problem in the future, just like we didn't know about emerald ash borer. So having uh, be, being consistent with um, diversity and having many different species in our communities will help uh, help us continue to have a good urban forest, even though we may lose 5 or 10% of our plants due to whatever that next pest is.
0: For those of you just now listening, this is Show Me Today, The Voice of Missouri. I'm Cameron Connor. We're here with Robert Whitman. He is a landscape architect for Multi Studio in the Kansas City area. We're talking about why the diversity of trees is so important so that an entire section doesn't get wiped out in a neighborhood or a park. This doesn't actually have to be an exact ballpark number or an estimate, but I'm hearing. You say this and it's running through my head. And let's say theoretically, if in a neighborhood or in a park, you had hundreds, if not thousands of trees that were be, that were going to be demoralized by a fungus or a disease or pests. How exactly like, what, what would the cost of that be to even replace that? Would it be? It sounds kind of astronomical.
1: Yeah, the cost can be epic. Part of the challenge is I know that in um, one community in particular, they did a full inventory of all of their civic trees, all of the street trees and some of the park trees that are planted in more organized parks. They, they had over 50,000 trees that were counted. And one quarter of those trees were ash. Another quarter were red maple. Again, 50% of all that community's um, urban trees are just two different species. And, and we have hundreds and hundreds of species that we have at our um, at our, you know, available to us, so the fact that we're just using those two for half of our trees is a problem, and we've learned a quarter of those trees are, are now perishing, so if you think about the cost of removal of a tree, could be a thousand dollars, depending on the size, could be several thousand dollars for the size or location, and, and, and then there's the replanting of that tree, um, so there's another Five hundred to a thousand dollars potentially to replant that tree. So we're talking three, four, five thousand dollars for the loss of just one tree. You multiply that by tens of thousands of trees, and that number is astronomical. Beyond that, uh, even if you do replant a new tree, there's uh, the effect of that young tree is not providing all the benefits that the old tree was providing. And so we're losing some immediate benefit from an ecological standpoint, from uh, flooding and shade and heat island effect. All the benefits of large trees are are, are, are being lost and we have to wait a generation or two before this next group of trees makes it to that age where they're, providing that full benefit. What is the solution for this? So the solution is diversity, diversity, diversity and uh, that is not just by species but also by genus which means um, if you think about the oak family, there's lots of different species of oaks. There's pin oaks, there's white oaks, there's bur oak and um, but, but all oaks are in one genus and so being diverse with our species and with our broader genus and families uh diversity is so large and, and if we think at the neighborhood scale uh maybe one block of a street for just unifying purposes and the clarity of the of the way that street looks it is nice to have one species or one
0: uh
1: look of species it may be it may be that they're not all the exact same species but they all have a similar look form texture color If the diversity falls into the entire neighborhood, allowing one street or one block to be one species, that's another way to handle it. But all in all, it's about lots of species diversity. It's good to have more diversity for uh, the different insects and, and different wildlife that depends on those different types of trees.
0: We're talking about why the diversity of trees is so important so that an entire section doesn't get wiped out in a neighborhood or a park or any other example like that. It seems like maybe a little bit of a controversial topic, so I'd love to get your opinion on it. It seems like there is a conversation around what should be native versus what should be non-native, and maybe if that helps or if it hurts. Wh- where do you stand on that when it, in regard to trees?
1: Well, I am very intentional about uh, – so I'm starting off as a landscape architect and thinking in terms of landscape architecture. And so every project has a, a vision for – the size, the form of what that sh- that tree needs to be to fit in that landscape. You know, it's important to have the right tree in the right place. You know, you have power lines; you're going to want to have a tree that stays well below power lines. Uh, if you have a narrow space, you want a more narrow tree. It's thinking about the types of trees, the colors, and everything is important. So, when I develop a design, I start to look at all the the, the basics of the trees. I'll call out some tree species to think about it. Then I look for uh instead of using if that tree species that seemed to make sense as a non native then I'll look for a true native that would be a good option for that same space so um I don't think it's important to be a hundred percent native all the time. It's about trying to include as many natives into our landscapes as possible so that we're we're again being beneficial to our 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 friends in the ecosystem. Um, But the one key we absolutely need to be careful about is no invasive non-native trees like the Bradford pear or the ornamental pear trees that are getting out into our landscapes. So um, those are the absolute Um, no-nos. Non-natives are okay, but invasive non-natives are terrible.
0: Okay. Okay noted all right well once again robert thank you so much for the informative and educational conversation hopefully not only around the kansas city area but around missouri and wherever else this is affecting which i'm sure is practically all over the united states and many other places where they're starting to realize why planting specific and also diverse trees is such an important topic robert whitman he is a landscape architect for multi-studio in the kansas city area robert thank you so much for your time here on show me today the voice of missouri
1: Hey, you're very welcome.
0: And for anyone who tuned in late, you can either find this topic or many more if you search Show Me Today, The Voice of Missouri, wherever you get your podcasts.